Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Midnight McBride Show, show number 57. And this show is called Mental Elf, not Health, Elf. And there's a reason for that. And I have a young lady with me in the studio who is a mental health and well-being advocate and also a transformational analyst. And I've got to be honest, I don't even know what that is properly. So we're going to find out. Welcome onto the show, Roxanne, Roxanne McCarthy. Hi. And you said I can call you Roxy. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. You brought your rainbow. I have indeed. Yes. I love rainbows. Yeah. And you've got a one of your social media accounts as rainbow in the name, doesn't it? Yep. Roman Rainbow Roxy. Which one's that? Is that Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. And why is the rainbow relevant? Good question. I I don't I, th- I think I like to bring colour into people's lives and I think I'm quite a colourful person. Colour brings me joy um, as well, so and that's where the rainbow comes from. Brilliant. I, for a long period in my life, I used to wear dark colours. I wore black for years. Now I wear bright coloured socks, bright coloured underpants, you know, bright coloured T-shirts, bright blue trainers. Colour, I think, is quite often an expression of your internal world. And when mm-hmm. you wear bright colours, it's because you're happy, Yeah. you know. And I, I was quite morose and a bit subdued. I always wore black and I was serious. And now I colour everywhere I can, mm. you know. Sandy Holt, who's been on, I mean, he has three Mohicans, oh, different <laughs> colours, flags, green, blues, turquoise, everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Roxy, the reason you're on this show, over Christmas, so quite recently, um, at the start of Christmas, I became aware of a campaign you were doing. And once I started to see some of these posts straight away, I wanted to get you on the show. So I'm really glad you came on. You did a series of posts and videos over 31 days. It was LinkedIn where I first saw you. And it was called Mental Elf. I thought this was brilliant, a great message, very funny, intelligent. And I just absolutely loved it. And you dressed up as an elf and went around doing all sorts of crazy capers. And while you were doing it as well, I love the fact that you're, um, the play on words, it's so simple, but what a, what a great message at Christmas, you know. Mm. So that was the point. I thought, yeah, this lady's pretty special. We'll get her on. Yeah. Well, briefly, we're going to get into it later in the show, but give us an idea. Mental health, where did it come from? What is it? So mental health, it was around, so essentially look after your mental health. It originally came from Lancashire Mines. So they were doing a campaign about um, get active, get fit, you know, in the, in the run up to Christmas. That's a charity, is it, Lancashire Mines? Lancashire Mines, yeah, yeah charity. Um, we've done a lot of things in the past with them. So through my work, we I work on the charity committee at Studio Retail. Uh, we bring a lot of initiatives in to try and generate some money. Um, and I just saw this as a great opportunity. You know, we've been through 2020, like one of the most difficult years and mental yeah. looking after your mental health was, was really important at this point. Yeah. So I really wanted to drive it forward. So off the back of the Lancashire Mind initiative, took it into studio. And then I just in a conversation with one of my colleagues, and I said, oh, you know, well, I'm going to dress up like an elf and, you know, make, raise some money. And they said, oh, so you're going to dress like an elf every day? And I thought, I said, well, not every day. And then he said, oh, well, if you do every day, I will sponsor you. And at that point, I thought, actually, I really could make a difference. And then the content started flowing and the messages yeah. and sharing my own experiences. And yeah, it yeah. was originally meant to be for 12 days. 
And then I did, so I said 12 days and then I thought I'll do till Christmas and I'll do a big finale at Christmas. And then I got a message on Christmas Day off somebody who I hadn't spoke to for years, just saying the impact that it had had on her and that she was going to miss me. And I thought, you know what, if it's an extra six, I think it was six, seven days, an extra week. I was quite enjoying it myself as well, um, just going about. It looked like a a lot of fun Mm. and you're in fancy dress as an elf and you look like a mental elf, you know, I, I know. <laughs> you did, you know, um, out there. You also, you did a rap. Yeah, did yeah, a rap. Which we're going to feature at the end of the show in the extras. So get ready, folks, uh, for the, the Fresh Prince of Bella, but done by Roxanne, a, yep. a different rap. Yeah, but to that music. Yeah. So how old are you, Roxanne? 28. 28. Now, what's quite funny for me is I've, Never up until recently had an elf on this show. And then I've had two because I've had a friend of mine, Annie O'Grady, on the show. And she also worked as an elf, actually worked as an elf in Lapland for Santa, obviously. Mm-hmm. And she's 5'11". How tall are you, Roxanne? 5'10". So you also are Santa's assistant to reach the presents on the top shelf to help Santa. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Or the elf that gets noticed because I'm the tallest. Yeah. Kids always amazed when they see a tall person as an mm-hmm. elf, aren't they? And actually, I got quite a lot of that. I often get, I'd be walking just down the street because obviously I went to the supermarket and to the fuel station or even just on my daily walks and you would often have children, you know, saying like, oh, mummy, look, there's an elf. So I felt obliged <laughs> to, you know, play the, oh, hi, how was you? And have you wrote your letters to Santa? So you went about your day quite doing normal stuff yeah. in your elf outfit. Yeah, I was dressed as an elf. All day, every day, riding my horse, you know, working from home or when I was in the office, I would be an elf. And then any, obviously, I'm not really, I wasn't really doing much activities, but, you know, just the simple things like walking, exercising, going to the supermarket. So you must have had several elf outfits. Yes, you know, I did. So I've been asked this quite a lot. A I've, been, <laughs> I've been asked this more times than you would expect. You know, how many outfits have you got? So I did order one because when I decided in November I was going to do this, I ordered one, and obviously with the delays around the postage of COVID, it didn't come until I think a few days before Christmas. So I had like a, a fresh new outfit for <laughs> Christmas, which was amazing. But yeah. I had. I think it was three because I had a horse one because obviously that would get the most smelly um, and then two like day dresses essentially that I would wear yeah. but yeah just regularly wash them wore my thermals it was funny I spoke to somebody um, recently and I said as I came into New Year I felt really cold and I didn't understand why I thought the weather you know had drastically gone cold but under my elf outfit I always wore thermals and when I put my normal clothes on in the New Year I didn't put the thermals back uh-huh. on so that was um, yeah Needed yeah. The, need to keep the thermals on, it's a bit chilly. Maybe tell us as well, what is, because I don't know, a transformational analyst? It sounds very fancy. Yeah, so going back to, obviously I mentioned I was in, I'm in the charity committee at Studio Retail. Yeah. That's not my full-time job, it's kind of like a, a side thing that because I'm passionate about charity and helping others, I've kind of um, been doing that. So my day job at Studio Retail is Transformation Analyst and this is, I've been in the role now for about eight months. It is just to oversee business improvements, drive the business forward. We're going through a big digital transformation. So just heading up that, looking at the systems, the processes and the change in the business and just working as a, almost like a coordinator of that to, to 
push the right. business forward. I didn't know whether it was helping people transform, but it's to do with um, a company that's evolving, yeah. the transformation of the company. Yeah, yeah ah. business transformation. So, Roxanne, we'll start at the beginning. I think this is a beautiful story, your journey, because it makes a lot of sense to me. And like with other guests I've had, when they're doing what they're doing, once we find out about the life journey, it all sort of makes sense and you see what motivates them, drives them and inspires them, you know. So you are a Bolton girl born and bred, but you've moved around a lot. I know you currently reside in, I can't even say it, I still can't say it, I've practised. Ozzle Twistle. Ozzle Twistle. Ozzle Twistle. I can't say it. <laughs> this is what they used to always get this when I was um, away. People would always, I'd, they'd say, Oh, where are you from? And I'd say, Ozzle Twistle. And they'd say, Is that from Willy Wonka or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds I mean, I've, I've been many times, I just can't say it. Ozzle Twistle. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave it <laughs> Yeah. And you're with your long term boyfriend, Marcus, as well. He's your partner. But you ended up in Ozzle Twistle, started off in Bolton, and your mum travels around a lot because she works with horses too. Yep. Yeah. And with horses are a big part of your journey, which we're going to get to as well. Yep. So your childhood, you're moving around a lot. So give us a bit of an idea of where you went, what you did. Born bred in Bolton. Um, my grandparents, grandma still lives here. Um, they've always lived here. So kind of this has always been my route. So, yeah. you know, always coming back to... Which bit of Bolton? For the Hoff. Yes, the Hoff, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, she's there. So that's always been my roots, you know, because they've, they've been in that house since I was I was little. Yeah. Um, and then we've moved around to, lived in Ransbottom for a short spell. Which we've is had, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Um, Oldham, like over towards um, Skemmersdale. Then we've gone to Blackburn. We did go for a short spell um, over to Ireland. Um, right. I think we maybe few year a year or so there yeah. um but obviously that's come with i've had different high primary school i've been moved through yeah, primary yeah. schools high schools yeah. i've been to lots of different schools we moved around a lot as a kid and so i went to five or six primary schools a couple of secondary schools i lived in africa when i was you know very early on i started school late so i can relate to that mm. you know your mum saddled made saddles is that right she's or a saddle, saddle fitter saddle fitter yeah. sorry yeah. So, so that's her business is the saddle fitter. Yeah, and she just goes out to people's yards, checks the saddles, make sure they fit properly. Um she's really keen to make sure that the saddle fits the horse, fits the rider, so they can get the best out of the performance. I suppose it's quite important as well because you want the horse to be comfortable, but you want it to be safe as well, because if the saddle's not fit right, somebody's gonna get thrown yep. off the horse. And yep, so it's definitely. it's important. Mm, Very important. Yeah, massively. When we went through your notes, what I found surprising is you didn't go abroad until you were 20. No. That's incredible. You travelled around a lot, but not, not abroad. No, yeah, it was all, all in the UK. So my yeah. grandparents would often go on holiday, holiday to Wales and York. Um, but I think because we've, I've had horses all my life, we've always, our money's always gone into our horses. We never really wanted, to, we never, my mum didn't ever trust anybody else to look after them. So we always stayed, you know, local. Um, it was when I was 20 and I was living with my uni friends and they all said, oh, let's go on a holiday to Turkey. And it was like, I've never, never been on, yeah. like, I've never been away anywhere before. So yeah, it was yeah. quite an experience. You mentioned when we talked in the 
pre-show chat that you you were actually bullied at school as well. And that's a common theme with a lot of people that do amazing things now that are inspirational, mm-hmm. are driven by the some of the events that happened in the childhood. And my partner, Willow, was bullied badly at school. Sandy Holt was bullied badly at school. Colin Unsworth, a.k.a. Mr. Mushroom, who's, you know, a mushroom expert, been on Gardener's World and like, mm-hmm. he was bullied at school. And these people are all amazing people doing amazing things now, like yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you experience that as a child, it can drive you on to make sure that it's sort of flipping the coin. Mm-hmm. I think the greatest thing a human being can do, the reason we're here is to take a bad experience, learn from it, survive mm. you know and get through it and then help others who are going through the same thing mm. which is what you're doing yeah you know so it's wonderful which university did you go to lancaster university and what did you study law wow yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> no that's a big wow I, mm. a girl one of my first long-term girlfriends which is a, a barrister and she studied at oxford and i used to go down there quite a lot to oxford and I was in awe of people that studied law, whether it's, you know, not necessarily to be a barrister, but studying Mm. law, because you had to be dedicated. I got a degree, but I took the piss, you know. I really, I partied, you know, and I I didn't study much. Well, I'm surprised that I came out with such a good result, I guess. What did you get? A 2-1. Oh, no. So I did well, I did, but I equally had as much fun as as I did commit to my work. I think you can do if you're semi-sensible about it. I wasn't, yeah. you know, so I put my heart's off to you there. That's, uh, yeah, that's a great achievement. Mm. I think there's a couple of parts of your journey, Roxanne, which are very relevant. And we won't go into detail. We've discussed it. You said it's okay to mention it. But uh, your actual father, you took his own life when yep. you were younger, yeah. I think when you experience something like that as a child, irrelevant of how close you are to the person I've had a lot of friends take their life um, mm. over the last few years. That then, when you see somebody suffering, it makes you you want to try and make sure that if there is anybody suffering, that that doesn't happen again. Mm. You know, and, and I think that may be a big part of your journey and why you're doing what you're doing too. After Turkey, you head off to Malaysia. Yes, and you said this was a big turning point for you. How long? How long were you there for? So I went to Malaysia. I. Obviously, I'd been to Turkey, which when I was 20, and then the following year, we there was a cultural exchange programme, which was part of the university, and they, they were advertising it everywhere, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to you know, get an opportunity to go back, do another bit of travel, and they offered grants if you had different ideas you know, that you could benefit the trip or something in Malaysia. So I thought, well, actually, this would be really great, but it, they, I think they gave options of there was... China, India, Malaysia, Pakistan, or Ghana, they were the options. And All good options. Yeah, they were really good options. Mm. But I think I always wanted to go to China. I was fascinated by it, but I'd never thought of, like India and China, I was like, I've always thought about going there. But Malaysia, I, I'm not, not going to lie, when I read it, I'd never heard of Malaysia ever. And then I looked, researched a little bit. And I thought, actually, do you know what? I'm just going to go somewhere totally random. I'm going to go to this yeah. place and I kind of, I don't know anything about it. So it'll be totally new. So got there, uh, it was a three-week cultural exchange program, so you went over and you almost got paired up with somebody at the university over there, um, you experienced a little bit of their life at the university, but they also took you on trips mm. um, out and about in the community. I'd encourage anybody 
at a younger age because as you get older life gets more complicated you yeah. have children's partners mortgages bills and if you get a window in your life especially if it, you know you're in your teens early 20s to travel as human beings we were meant to roam yeah we were meant to experience new cultures new places travel the world meet new people do have great experiences see the world i mean it's just all the best experiences I've had in my life mm-hmm. are, from, are when I'm traveling. Yeah. You know, definitely. and I think everybody should do it. And then you got a bit of a book for it, didn't you? And you've done a lot of it. Yeah. So Malaysia now is my favorite place just because of the, the culture absolutely fascinated me. The people who, in Malaysia are probably the nicest people I've ever met in my life. I've, so I've got long life friends that have, they've been, they've, well, they, I was in Malaysia. They've, been to England and you're still I've, in touch with them then yeah, yeah still in touch Beautiful. with them I've still got I've did go over there I think I've been back twice twice since and I've stayed with friends when I was there um, and they just took me into the homes welcomed me like I was you know yeah. one of the family and just amazing place and I think it just fascinated me that I went there with just no absolutely no expectation mm. and was totally mesmerized by what it had to offer and and also I met when I went over there um there was a group of students from uni- uh, Lancaster I didn't know anybody I think there's about 30 of us and I sat next to a girl on the plane because he sat I was in alphabetical order and I sat next to this girl on the plane Lauren Lauren Sutton she is we had the eight hour journey and she is now one of my best friends and we just bonded over that on on that plane and we never left each other's side for the three weeks that we were in Malaysia we were equally fascinated and that was the girl that I then went traveling with after see that's living it's exciting Mm. it's new it's if you ask anybody and say what did I'd say this a lot but what did you get for your birthday seven years ago no idea what did you get for Christmas three years ago no idea Mm. do you remember the time we went to India yes life is experiential it's about the experiences in life, and I said on the last show, anything that's truly valuable can't be bought with money. Mm. Anything that's worth a lot of money but can replace, you can have a 10 grand watch and you lose it, but if it can be replaced, you just can buy another one, assuming yeah. you have the money. If something can be replaced by money, it's not truly valuable. Mm. Life experiences that can't be bought, that's, you know, that's what's really valuable. So Roxanne, you've been to lots of places doing lots of varied jobs, which include a cowgirl. And I mean, I was staggered. So roll with it. Tell us about it. Where have you been and what have you done? Yeah. So I graduated university with my law degree and didn't really, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Didn't really know what I wanted to be. Um, And I just thought, I think when I was trying to decide, should I go into the big law firm, should I not? I actually realised I want to do a lot of travelling, inspired from when I was in Malaysia and my best friend that I'd met, she wanted to to go to Asia and do a little bit of travel. You said in your notes that you actually, to save up to go travelling, you had a job in a door factory, is that right? Yes, yeah. And you met your surrogate dad. Yeah, so... Explain that. Who's your surrogate dad? Yeah, so... That was, so the decision, I was at university, I knew that I wanted to travel, we'd made that decision and obviously I needed money to get there because I was a student, I'd just come out of university, I didn't have any money to my name, I needed to save up some money and I've I've worked since probably the age of 14, just in bars, um, in shops and I was actually working, I had like a summer job that I used to come back to in Oswald Twistle and I used to work at the Plough and I was just in there 
working away and you know discussing my um my plans with people that come in um, and I met Chris and Chris said oh I've got a, a job you know a temporary job for you to to do just to save up a bit of money and I just thought all oh, right great it's only around the corner saving money on travel um getting to and from work and I thought you know what I'll just go there I'll save up um to go away and then we just got bond formed this relationship which so is this older guy male friend you've met that's been like a sort of a fatherly figure to you and just looked after you yeah nice essentially you. yeah and yeah. it's been it's nice to have that obviously with the absence of yeah. knowing my real dad or having he's not really had any active part in my life yeah. so did your mum ever remarry or or not no no she's had different relationships yeah. um and there was a, a long term when I was at high school she was with someone called Justin who he was like a father figure to me at the time but then we we moved on and we yeah. kind of put this distance between us and have, have you seen a movie called chocolate no. You've not seen it? No. Johnny Depp's in it? No, I don't think All so. right. It's Julia, Julia Binoche is the lady in it. And there's this woman and she makes chocolate and she travels from town to town and she makes all these chocolate okay, treats. that sounds exciting. And it's, it's, it's a great film, a very famous film. And she always says that, I feel the north wind blowing. And when she did her daughter, I went, oh, no. And they packed the stuff and off they went again. And they just moved around <laughs> like this. And that sort of reminds me of you and your mum travelling around. I'll have to get, I'll, she might know that film. Yeah, well, it's it's a fantastic film. Your travels, Roxanne, maybe we'll start and go through some of those. And I think you started off with Australia, is that right? Our destination was Australia, but we went via... Via Ibiza. Via, well, no, <laughs> I wish, I've been to Ibiza since. <laughs> via Thailand. Ah, right. um, yeah, Beautiful so we, place. we went to Thailand... Um, and then, because I've already had a bit of an interest in Muay Thai, because my mum has had an interest in, in Muay Thai, so Thailand was quite a, a good place to go. Your mum trained with Sandy, didn't she? Yes, she And did. you've trained a bit with Sandy as yes, well, because yeah. Sandy's done, I think, three shows with me now, and coincidentally, we're just about, I think, in a week's time, uh, I'm about to launch a video that I did with Sandy all about mind health, which is mental health, but we prefer the term mind health, and yeah. he talks in depth about... His opinions on that, it's, it's a really nice video we shot. It's just Sandy, so I'm not in it, just Sandy. And it's called, uh, it's the first one we've done. I'm doing a series of videos called Midnight Monologues. Mm. And it's Sandy talking. And yeah, I didn't really get to know Sandy until we started doing a few shows with him. And I think he's a beautiful man. Mm, yeah, I really do, you know. He helps a lot of people, you he's know. He's very it's, passionate. Yeah, it's, it's very positive. There's lots of colour in his life. And it's not just, he's done remarkable things in his life, but... He, he helps a lot of kids and he's, he's not just about the Thai boxing. The Thai boxing is a vehicle to gain you, grow your confidence, mm -hmm. to make you feel strong, to uh, give you interpersonal skills. It's, there's so much more to it, yeah. you know. But yeah, so your mum did Thai boxing and yeah. yourself. Yeah, she yeah. did Thai boxing. She, I think from previous relationships, um, she... It, she got the passion for wanting to, you know, be able to protect herself and defend herself and, and keep that confidence up. Yeah. Um, and that's why she encouraged me to do it. And it was quite a good way of exercising and getting your mind into yeah. a better place. When I do endurance sport, if I'm going running for, you know, four or five hours up in the hills, I quite often do that mm. when I'm training for my ultra events. Once I'm about an hour into any endurance sport training, my mind becomes quiet. Mm. I focus on my breath. I'm surrounded by nature and I'm in bliss. Mm. You might think, aren't you experiencing pain? But I'm actually in bliss when I'm mm. running. 
You know, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So Thailand and then Australia. Tell us maybe how long you stayed in Thailand for. So I think we were in, we weren't in Thailand long. I think it was just more of like a somewhere to stay before because we had plans to get to Australia and work for a, a, a short period. Yeah. And actually, so I went with my best friend and um, left my long term boyfriend at home because I I actually said. I'm only going to go for three months and then I'll be back. So that was the plan. We thought we could travel the whole of Australia in three months and maybe work a, few, a bit on the way. And as soon as we arrived in Perth, um, we were there for, I think, about two weeks. We both got jobs. We realised that in hospitality in Australia, you could earn quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then we just, we loved it. And to the point where I met my boyfriend I think I was in Perth for about three months and then we, I met my boyfriend uh, he came flew out to meet me in Bali this is Marcus uh, Marcus yes. yeah he flew out to meet me in Bali and I just said I, I'm not coming home like I, I love it out here you need to be out here like you know in at home in England like it's a, just a different life different experience yeah. um and then we travelled up the west coast. We left Perth. We saved up a bit of money. We travelled up the west coast of Australia, which is absolutely beautiful. And not many backpackers do the west coast. It's all about the east coast and the party. But we actually got on a bus in Perth and we did a three-week trip. There was 20, I think it's 21 backpackers on this bus. It was called the Magic Bus. Yeah. It's where the magic happened. Honestly, it was just the best experience with these 21 people. We were camping. We were experiencing national parks. There was um, dolphins coming right up to the beaches and it was just beautiful. And so we did that and we got up to Broome um, and we, we both worked, me and Lauren both worked there for a while. And me having my horsey background, I'd always seen these um you know you see on the tv of the cowboys and you think wow like what about that looks, looks amazing and I just was sat in my hostel in Broome and I thought do you know what if I want to do anything I want to go and live and work on a ranch just for a short period because you have to do farm work if you and so by this point I was staying in Australia for the full year yeah. I wanted to do two years Marcus was making plans to come out which was brilliant and exciting. Am I right in saying if you work for a certain period they'll give you your second year? Is yeah that yeah correct? so yeah. I think it was I think it's 80 days that you have to do so I thought actually if I I want to go and work on a ranch and if it gets my farm days it's kind of killing two birds with one stone and I remember getting a job I, I spoke to the the girl on the phone she said yeah like what you could do and it, it actually followed a natural course of you know go because I was wanting to go up and that's where the cattle station was. So were you a, a camel handler before this? Yes yeah, so I was a camel handler when I was in Broome um, looking for the the cowgirl dream job yeah, yeah. um and then so i spoke to this girl on the phone and she was actually it was actually a cook position which is absolutely hilarious because i she got me the job and i rang home and i said mum i've got a job on a cattle station as a cook and she went you're joking me yeah. at uni i never used to cook my own well i used to cook my own food but all, all my housemates and friends will say some of your food was... Um, yeah, it's dangerous. Don't <laughs> yeah. eat it. <laughs> and they'd always... I'd get them... They'd get the chicken and they'd I'd have to, they'd cut the chicken because I didn't like the texture of it. So I'm there going into the middle of nowhere to be a cook on a cattle station. So anyway, I, I set off on my adventures. Um, didn't realise this cattle station was three hours away from the nearest shop. It was in the middle of nowhere. But honestly, I got there. I was the cook. I can't remember the timescales. I was a cook for the, for the first 
good few weeks and then I started going out onto the station and riding the horses. Did you have a hat? Oh yeah, I had a yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chaps? Um, no, no chaps. <laughs> just the the jeans and the yeah. um, the checked shirt and yeah, the hat, and it was just amazing. And then we, Did so you... yeah, I was I was the cook, and then I started doing a little bit more and going out onto the station. But it was just a nice. I don't know. I can't. I, I always remember going out at nights, and you would look up at the stars, and you could see the entire. You yeah. could see everything. It was just amazing. I've, I've been in the desert in Egypt. I've also been on a cruise ship where you're in the middle of the sea in the Caribbean where there is no artificial light and you look up and it is breathtaking. Yeah. You can see. We're lucky, you know, you look up at night, like in Bolton, where I am, I look up and, I, you know, you might be able to see 20 stars, mm. 30 stars. You can see 10,000 stars. The yeah. sky's full of them. And... Yeah, it takes my breath away. It's beautiful, isn't it? Well, and you like that, being midnight and bright. Mm, oh, yes. Oh, yes. When you were doing this, I'm assuming like, your mobile phone's not working. We had very like we had very limited access to Wi-Fi. See, it, that's a good thing. Yeah, it was it was good. You're not being I interrupted had, by technology all I had the time enough, and beeps and yeah, buzzes. I, know. I had enough Wi-Fi to contact my mum, let her know that I was okay, but beyond that... You just lost all patience. For social media, that wasn't even an option. So you were out there. We would work from, we would get up at half past four in the morning and we'd be on horseback before the sun even came up because that was the, you know, the the coolest part of the day. Um, yeah. And then we would get a lot of the jobs done and then we'd do things in the afternoon. We'd be covered in dirt head to toe. And it's just, you, I, I think I appreciated the little things because you would work so hard all day and, you know, coming back to that, ice cold beer and you just mm. sit there and, and drink that and I don't know there was just it, it was life changing I, I wrote a blog because it was called Spring Creek at the station um, and I wrote a blog and it was called Spring in My Step because it was just I don't know it was just a life that I didn't ever I'd always thought I'd love to do that and I went there and it was more than I could imagine yeah, and it exceeded your expectations yeah it really yeah, did yeah. and it became like a family there was only I think there was about 15 of us there um cowgirls I think at one point I was the only girl with all these cowboys um and then I it's I essentially I'd say it's like my second home and that's I a took... fantasy for a lot of girls like working <laughs> with a lot of cowboys I think isn't it I know <laughs> but they yeah the Australian um born and bred the they're definitely an interesting characters, yeah, yeah. to I, say the least. I lived in Sydney for a while, so... Oh, yeah, well, we'll get to Sydney because that's, yeah, I'd mm. ended up there at one point. As a tour guide? Yes. You also travelled Asia and lived in New Zealand for a little while as well, didn't you? Yeah. I didn't go to New Zealand. When I was in Australia, I, I stopped there briefly, but it was for a day. And then I went to the Cook Islands in the Pacific and I've been to some beautiful places, but I didn't get to explore New Zealand. It's supposed to be spectacular. Oh, yeah, it's it's amazing. I found, I did, after my cowgirl adventures, Marcus then joined me in Australia and we drove um, up to Darwin, down through the middle of Australia on a road trip, arrived in Sydney, just, I think it was before, just before Christmas, managed to find jobs, um, spent New Year on a boat through my 
tour guiding job. Um, yeah. And me and Marcus lived in Sydney for a good few months. I think it was nearly six months. Um, then we t- I took Marcus back to the cattle station with me, which was amazing experience for Marcus to experience that life. Because in England, he'd fill, come and fill my horse's hay nets, but he would refuse to get on the horse. Yeah. And we took him back to the station. I said, you do know you're going to have to ride these horses. No, 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 I'll just do the maintenance. I'll just do the hard labour. I said, trust me, Mike, who's a station owner, he will definitely get you on a horse anyway. I'll never forget that day where he said, Mike said, that's your horse over there, Marcus. And I said, all right, don't, I said, don't worry, I'll, I'll help you. I'll, and he said, no. And then, so Marcus gets on this horse and I get on my horse and Mike says, nope, couples don't ride together. Marcus that way, you that way. And I just remember seeing Marcus ride off into the distance with these five cowboys who thought it was absolutely hilarious Terror in to his not eyes. tell him what to do. <laughs> and yeah, he came back a few hours later and he said, I've never been so sore in my life. So then that that's what leads me on to then, um, my visa was coming to an end in Australia. Uh, Marcus was there, so he did end up staying in Australia on the cattle station. We had a little bit of a break in our relationship at this point. I flew to New Zealand uh, where my best friend who I originally went travelling with, she was in New Zealand at this point, so I went to meet up with her just with the intention of, you know, working, experiencing, wanted a bit of snow. Um, She kept saying, it's beautiful, it's beautiful, you need to come. So I went out there worked a few jobs, worked in a bar, worked in a hostel. Um, and that was probably the point where I, at first it was, I arrived peak uh, winter season and I really struggled to find a job to the point where I didn't have any money and I just, I was really struggling. Yeah. But it was a point where there was so many people around me who were just kind of embracing everything and they would help me out. They, you know, people, I would often stay at people's houses, they would feed me and they would offer oh we're going up the slopes today I'm like I can't afford to oh it's fine just come with us we'll sort you out and it was just a a point in my life where I probably didn't have that much but it was you know it was a good experience yeah so Roxy you then come back to the UK because your granddad yep yeah so we'll touch on this briefly but tell us what happened there yeah so I was in New Zealand um, and then got the phone call to say granddad has got cancer didn't yeah. quite believe it. Um, obviously, came home quite quickly after hearing the news um, because, it, I don't know, my mum didn't really give me that much information. It was just a, like, you need to come home kind of thing. Yeah, so you know it's serious then, don't yeah, you? Flew yeah, flew home um, and it was about probably six months. So, I, I, thankfully, I came home and I got that mm-hmm. six months with him. He went through the, the radiotherapy. Um, yeah. He had lung cancer, but it had gone to um, yeah. bone cancer. Great way of looking at that. Some people say, you know, I was told somebody had a few weeks to live and, you know, they're dying. I think, well, a lot of people don't get any warning. Mm. You've, you've got two weeks, yeah. you know, to spend time with somebody that you love before before they transition. So, mm. you know, it, you, you could see it as a blessing. Yeah. And we didn't, well, we didn't know how long that he had left because he didn't want to know. He didn't want to yeah. know. He didn't want us to know, which is is probably a good thing because we just kind of lived each day. We, I saw him a lot. Um, during that pit time, I was working with horses, so he was a bit more flexible. It wasn't like a nine to five. It was, you know, do the horses in the morning, see granddad in the day and go back at night. Um, and yeah, and then he died in February. Yeah. Um, four years ago now. Right. And this had an effect on you physical and mental health, you know, this is the period where you said, you know, your health suffered. 
So yeah, tell I us think a bit about that. I. I didn't realise it was affecting me at the time. Um, I thought it was fine. I was busy. I was going about my day, um, just normal, probably very emotionless, very just getting things done, doing this, going mm. here, doing... Uh, Maybe staying busy so that distracting from the fact that you don't have to deal with what's going on. Yeah, and then a, a few months down the line, I started getting really, really tired and really drained. And I went to... I, I did go to the doctor because I thought I might be, you know, deficient in iron or deficient in something which is making me feel this tired. Um, yeah. And they did blood tests and everything came back clear. Um, and she just said, you know, what What do you think it is? I thought I might have, like, a sleeping disorder because I would wake up in the morning, I'd sleep all night. I'd wake up, I'd drive to my horse and have a sleep I do ride my horse mm. and then I have another sleep and often I would be driving and I wouldn't be able to drive to my location without pulling yeah. over and sleeping well that, I've had a nervous breakdown I've two nervous breakdowns and I've, I've been depressed and when you're depressed you become very lethargic and it's quite difficult you've got no energy no motivation and even I remember that like, you get up in the morning and days were Getting dressed was a problem, mm. you know. You just basic tasks became a problem because you'd so little life in your libido, this kind of thing. You just nothing left, mm. and so I can imagine that it's it's your mental health and that you've you've got what they call low mood or depression, yeah. and that's why you you've fallen asleep everywhere. Yeah, you know. And then that's uh, my doctor advised, you know, maybe you need to speak to someone professional like a counselor, and I just thought. I'm, I'm not speaking to anyone. There's not. There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. I will carry on and I'll be absolutely fine. Um, and then it, it, she booked me in and obviously there's the long referrals. And when the time actually came around, I thought, well, do you know what, Roxy? What What do you have to lose by going speaking to someone? You, you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, and luckily... I think going to that person and, and having to process things and, you know, looking back and, and linking things, it just helped me get my mind in a better place. It's it's good to talk. Mm. And a lesson, a very valuable lesson I learned is we all, everybody at some point in their life has mental health issues. It might be, you know, the, the end of a relationship, breaking up with a partner. It could be a bereavement. It could be... Depression, it could be any number of things. And at some point in our life, we all need help yeah. as well. And I wouldn't ask for help. And I I, would, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I thought, mm. nothing wrong with me, all this kind of stuff. And and I did, I needed help. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it was a big lesson for me to learn to ask for help. Mm. And I think my struggle to ask for help was because I'm quite vibrant and positive and I didn't want anybody to see that I had a weakness because yeah. I was I convinced myself that I was okay that I'm not I don't I don't have mental health problems and you know I don't need anyone to help me like I'm fine. Quite often the people that have got the big smile on the face that are sent, you know uh, centre of the party and mm. lots of fun on their own when they're by themselves are, are really sad quite often when somebody's depressed nobody knows yeah you know I was a life and soul of the party but obviously I had issues and problems you know and they they hide it quite well mm. and when I wasn't feeling good I wouldn't let anybody see me I just mm. removed myself you yeah. know I think this is probably another pivotal part of your journey that is Maybe one of the reasons you do what you do because mm. you've experienced it yourself. You know mm. what it feels like not to feel good, to have issues and helping other people maybe through that process is, you know, is a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Horses have always been a big part of your life, haven't they? Because obviously your mother worked with horses. Yeah. And you said that they'd help you a lot when you were struggling. Yeah. And 
I'd done a show, show number seven, with Catherine Beaumont and Debbie Henderson, who do Meditate with Horses, that I've been involved with when we did a retreat. I taught meditation at one of the retreats, and I've also experienced the meditation with horses. And Debbie Henderson, who does hands-on heavy horses, and they work quite a lot with, with adults, but also with children or people that have difficulties and problem and mm. they spend a day with the horses meditate the horses become relaxed they sort of sync nervous systems they think that you know some kind of energy link and the horses become relaxed and then they, mm. you can go and lie on the horse's belly and all this it's just fabulous and mm. they definitely have massive as as do dogs healing qualities yeah. don't they you know they've well they've been my therapy probably throughout all my life because they I think I always have to show up for my horse and especially throughout 2020 I've you know I've got to get up in the morning feed my horse because she's yeah. not going to feed herself um and riding obviously it's like a, a release it's like my happy place so they she has been one of my key motivations or horses always have my current horse is called Norma yeah. um, and she is she I would say she's my main motivation in life yeah I used to be frightened of horses and then once I'd been up and done this retreat with Catherine Beaumont and that went, mm. you know, but I always, I didn't like animals that were bigger than me because I, I make no secrets of it. I used to be a violent man. I fought, I did MMA, I had, you know, several hundred fights here in Bolton on the streets. I was in a lot of trouble and anything that was bigger than me that I didn't think I could knock out, I didn't like it. Mm. <laughs> and horses are big, yeah. aren't they? And so I was frightened of them. I think, and that went when I spent time with them with Catherine. It was it was lovely, mm. you know. This then leads you on to your current position. So, sorry, the current company you work for. Yeah. Yeah, so shortly after this period, you got your new job with, what's the company called? Studio Retail Limited. And um, what do they do? Online value retailer. What's a value retailer? We promote, you know, helping families with discount products um good quality but a, a, good, a reasonable price so you i understand it but it's not any specific it's not clothing it's not this it's everything yeah it's everything ah right yeah. okay okay and when you started with them what were you doing so when i first started i went in as a hr admin i think this was just a a point in my life I'd worked with horses but I needed to get get myself back onto essentially a career path because yeah. I didn't want to horses are my my outlet I didn't want them to be my my hobby and my job yeah. I wanted to keep them separate and law was something that you you weren't interested in at this no point. I think law is at the time when I graduated I feel like they wanted my heart and my soul and I wasn't ready to give them my heart and my soul and I think now when I reflect and look back law is quite black and white you know yeah. that's the law and that's how you apply there's a bit of flexibility in it but as you can see I, I'm quite a colourful person yeah. I, I like to be doing creative things uh, I think your your nature is is you've got good interpersonal skills you're good with people you're helping people you, I mean I suppose you could say you're doing that in law but you're not really are you yeah. you know you you you're a people person. Yeah, there's no like sense of creativity in it. Mm. I think the transformation role is I can see, you know, you constant you can see the changes that you're making and in my in my transformation analyst role, uh, so I kind of moved through the HR route and uh, moved around HR and did my CIPD um, and then this transformation opportunity came up and I just thought it was a, a chance for me in the business to make a difference, make positive changes, bring my positive energy um, 
in to try and move the business forward. And obviously, you're not going to move the business forward unless you bring the people along. So yeah, and that's yeah. you're that link. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the colours in your dress? match the colour of the rainbow as well. <laughs> yeah, <that's intentional. laughs> All right, okay. I just just noticed then I thought, do you I actually realise? I've yeah. always got well, a lot of my clothes are, are bright. And yeah. my mum just bought me some um, some shoes and they've got rainbows on with they're amazing. Wow. They haven't arrived yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll become this rainbow warrior and instead of just dressing up as an elf for thirty one days a year, yeah. you'll be this rainbow warrior every day of the right, year. Right, you've given you me know? an idea now. Yeah. Rainbow <laughs> shoes. Rainbow <laughs> Heart, rainbow jumper, yeah. Yeah, they'll think I'm some sort of hippie, won't they? <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. That's fine. In your notes, Roxy, you say that over the last three years you've had a number of pets or animals pass and people you know as well. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we've had quite a lot of loss in our family. Um, we've lost, you know, horses, uh, dogs, um, people that my mum's, my mum. I did a little bit of care work, lost people there. Um, obviously, my granddad passing away was a, was a big loss, um, the loss of my, my real dad. Um, and then in 2020, um, we've lost uh, our, our dog, Tyson, which it was quite, it was a difficult loss because we were in the lockdown. You know, we were at home with the dog, spent a lot of time with him. Then we actually, uh, we lost him. Um, we were still in the home where he was. What kind of dog was he, Roxanne? What breed? He was a Rottweiler cross American bulldog, we think, but because we rescued him, we don't we don't know the, his exact breeding. So I think it's time we talk about mental health. So the motivation behind this, we talked briefly at the beginning of the show about you know why you were doing it and what you did. You said that Marcus has been hundred percent behind you all the way. Oh yeah, with every, everything that I do, he's always. I think my my mum, my grandma, Marcus. They're always there behind yeah. me and, and Chris, all behind me, supporting me. Because obviously it's sometimes, well, it's they, they've got to Pull with walk you. around. <laughs> they've got to be present with me while I'm as an elf. But, you know, my grandma, they all participated, you know, they, they've had their elf hats on when they're out walking with me. Um, but yeah, massive support. They just give me the freedom and just get behind me and celebrate what I do, essentially. Do you think now's a good time to stick your hat on? People might have missed this throughout January. They either fed up with it or they, or they won't. Does it match, does it match my outfit? It I've does. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And you'd have your full outfit on, elf shoes, bells on your shoes or oh, anything? you know, I didn't go that far because obviously I had to have the practical You had to drive. Going out <laughs> <and everyone. laughs> yeah. So, but no, the full, yeah. I read an article once about... Two clowns that crashed into each other and they both had clown shoes on when they were driving and they both got, like, they, they said it was both their faults and they both got prosecuted, but they were driving with, you know, the silly clown shoes oh, on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. right. That's, it's really strange because usually, like, girls, when they're driving with the heels, they'll, they'll take, they'll drive in appropriate footwear and then swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, I, I think they were late. Yeah, <laughs> so they had the clown shoes on or something. No, it just right. made me laugh. I know. But. I need to get some elf shoes, I think, for next year. And maybe like I don't know, fit them 
make them so they fit around my shoes or something. Yeah, and mental health's coming back, is it? I know. I just, I just <laughs> thought that. I like, oh, Next no. year, um, in yeah. about five years, I'm thinking that you know there'll be several of us. We'll probably have a choir. <laughs> well, you know, I did try. One of my friends, one of my really close friends, she she was actually inspired, and she's at university at the moment. She was inspired, Natalia, to do mental health for twelve days, and it's the first ever charity challenge that she'd done. Um, and she talked a little bit about her own mental health. So I think mental health it it helped people out there with me putting the content but I think it actually helped me because I did a lot of reflecting you know back on previous experiences that might have you know that have led me to this point um so I think it was it was exhausting to be an elf all the time because I ought to to be you know on form because people would constantly if I was out and about they'd ask me questions even just yeah. out the checkout you don't want to be a miserable elf do you no exactly <laughs> you be, hey. I know and some days I'd wake I think oh what have I done? Yeah. I've got eight days left. I'm knackered. <laughs> <laughs> I've no health left in me. <laughs> That's a good one. But this, I think what was always in the back of my mind is that one of my friends um, this year, Jess, she took her own life. Yeah. And I think that was, when I look back, that was the main driver for me. If I ever thought, I, I don't want to be an elf today, I thought, do you know what? If I can get up and I can change one person's day, then it's made it's made all the difference. And if for me, just wearing an outfit that I've worn for the past, I don't know, however many days, yeah. then it's... it's that you've worth. not washed because your other outfit hasn't arrived yet either. So you might have been <laughs> oh, no. a, little wi- a little whiffy elf. <laughs> well, it's, everyone can't come near you because they're supposed to be social <laughs> yeah. distancing. So, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I always say if... Um, if someone can smell you, then they're too close anyway. <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about Jess. Now, I've actually talked about it on the show before because Sandy's been on and Sandy was good friends with her. He was he wears a T-shirt with Jess on all the yeah. time. He was devastated mm. when that happened. And Jess was a pole dancing champion. Or is, that, yep. is that the right term? Yeah. And she also did Thai boxing with Sandy as well, didn't yep. she? And she was a good friend of yours. Yes, yeah, so I went to school with Jess yeah. and ever since school, I would, I've not seen her, you know, religiously every, every yeah. month or whatever, but we, we've stayed in touch. Um, I've followed her journeys. She's reached out to me and then she was actually living in Clayton, Clayton Limores is where I work. She was living there and I would often meet her after work for a drink at the pub and, you know, we'd just have a bit of a catch up. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was quite nice because we did that more regularly because we were actually closer because obviously I've moved around quite a lot. So yeah. a lot of my friends, they don't live immediately close to me. So it was nice to have her close. Um, and then I think when she was in France, I, she'd, I'd spoke to her quite a bit, you know, to... When, when she was coming home and I actually the last time I saw her is outside I met her outside Sandy's gym just yeah. before she was due to do a class and we just had a bit of a catch-up in, yeah. in the car I didn't know Jess I, I, I think I'd met her once but I, I didn't know her yeah. and but yeah really sad she was only young she's yeah. your age obviously well, if you'd met her you wouldn't forget her because she was yeah. very bubbly very in your face very yeah. vibrant very colourful and this is what I'm saying about the fact that obviously inside she mm. was struggling and unhappy and, and very sad and yeah outside what she betrayed nobody knew yeah you know it's yeah. uh it's been a strange year yeah hasn't it strange yeah i'm just going to refer to your notes there's a couple of things in your notes that i i'm actually going to read all right okay, okay. <laughs> one is that i liken myself to mary poppins all right. <laughs> making valuable contributions with a magic touch 
magic, that word's popped up in your notes about three times. And I believe, hey, magic is, I think everything in life is energy. We're all interacting with each other when you break down and they go into subatomic physics and particle physics and you get right down to it. Mm. Everything, you know, break a particle up, an atom, an electron, proton, and you keep going in, you go into quark. Everything's just energy. Yeah. You know, it's all made yeah. up of energy. And if you know about the particle experiment, the slit experiment in quantum physics, everything's pure energy and only one intention is brought into the room, it affects the results of the experiment, which mm. tells you your thoughts, what you do, changes energy. And at that point, that energy, which is unlimited possibility, then becomes form and becomes physical matter. Mm. And it turns into um, actual particles, the waveform changes. My point being, I believe that we manifest and create our own reality. And magic is very real if you believe in it, mm. you know. And it can be whatever you want it to be. Me, for magic is when, when synchronicity alignment, when the universe corresponds to the nature of song, when things start to fall into place, when good things happen. You can call it good luck. Mm. You can call it coincidence. You can call it whatever you like. But magic's very real. And if you're a positive person experiencing mm. joy and bliss, you will experience magic. Yeah. And I think when, when I write magic, I forgot to add in there that I'm like Mary Poppins, but with a rainbow umbrella, because Mary Poppins, she has, a, I think it's a black or a blue one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, magic is, I think, my positivity and my energy that I can bring to whatever I involve myself in. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you've certainly got that. I try, try to bring Roxy. it. <laughs> you have, you've got a, a beautiful, warm energy. You, you exude positive energy it's you know i i meet a lot of people doing this and i'm very aware of the people's energies and, and you've got magic mm. yes i also i'm going to read something else in fact i won't read it i'm just going to tell you why there's a sentence she wrote here and i've never seen it before i think there's seven loves in one sentence Is i there? love this i love that i love this oh. i love that and nobody's <laughs> i love <brilliant>. life <laughs> exactly if you some people, oh, this isn't happening, that's not what I want. And just pause, whoa, 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 what have you got to be thankful for? Start mm -hmm. looking at what you should be grateful for. Actually, I'm very lucky, I've, I've got this, I'm healthy, I've, I, I know some beautiful people, I, I'm, I'm loved. And um, start making a list of the things that you should be thankful for, mm -hmm. being an attitude of gratitude and love, love, love. And that tells me, when I read somebody's show notes, it tells me about what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. And clearly... You've got a lot of love, <laughs> haven't you? And you oh, see love. I think yeah. when you're experiencing magic and you're experiencing bliss and you feel good, your true nature inside, and you you experience what I'd call inner peace and bliss, then you start to see beauty in all things, mm -hmm. you know. And you obviously love a lot of things, so you're, you're in an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's a great way to look at life. Yeah, and I think that especially in 2020, that's been, I think my grounding is being what can I be grateful for in this situation I think it's just helped to get me through in a way yeah yeah at this point Roxanne what we're going to do with your show notes by the way which were a pleasure to read really nice we're going to talk about this year 2020 and some of the pivotal things that have happened are the ups and downs the changes of this year for you and why you ended up being a mental health yep. okay we'll start off with you had big plans this year that you ended up changing. What were they? Yeah, so me and Marcus had big plans to essentially leave the country and go and live and work in Canada. Wow. Uh, we had that lined up um, and Marcus 
um, I'd actually, it was two weeks before, so we're in March, we went into lockdown, he was due to fly in April, um, and obviously that all God stopped, it, it ground to a halt, yeah. yeah. What were you going to do in Canada? Just, well, Marcus was going to go and do recruitment. I yeah. didn't really have a plan, but I think because Marcus had... Shine. What were you yeah. going to do? I was just going to shine, just gonna baby. I was just going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Bring my magic to yeah. Canada. Yeah. 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 You also said that your horse did some amazing feats. It jumped double. You you know the term. Yeah. So I've, I've had... Norma is a homebred horse. She... So basically we've had her since she was a baby. Um, and so I've broke her, rolled her, and she's been difficult so actually but the sense of achievement when you've worked with that horse all of its life and then you take it to a competition and it actually achieves something I I think when I completed my double clear I was fist pumping the air and whooping very loudly and everyone thought and my mum's running up running along the grass you know like whoop 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 Um, it was just an amazing moment I think everyone thought we were crazy but they don't realise that all the work and all the effort and the patience because I'm not really a patient person but with that horse she gets all my patience maybe that's where it all goes into normal I've seen a great it was a post I'd seen on social media and there's a podium and there's somebody in first place and the head's down like this and then there's somebody in third it's kids and there's somebody in third going yes yeah. and you can see the sheer joy in the face for coming third and yeah. it's it's all relative, isn't it? You you might have come fifth, fourth, well, I third. I did. I came fifth. You're, fifth there on you that go. Day. But whatever position you came, it's if it's an yeah. achievement for you, it's relative, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so yeah, that we was were, a good day. Yeah, it was a very good day. Yeah. Your horse became lame though this year. Yeah. yeah. So that was in January. Then in about April time, competitions had obviously kind of stopped by March. I had big plans for Norma as well. Well, I was I was going to leave. I was due to leave anyway in April, but then when lockdown came, I had big plans for her. Um, and then she went in for, um, she went lame. She had to go for some checks, scans. Yeah. Uh, luckily, thankfully, she was insured um, and they found different things which meant that she needed an operation um, which had just added stress because as I've I've expressed in this whole thing that Norma's my main motivation and I think the thought of having her you know taken away or she might not be there to get up for in the morning just really that was a a struggle for me uh, and obviously gave me anxiety. If you were going to go to Canada what happens who looks after Norma? So mum was going to... So right. mum's obviously, she's had horses. She's got her own horse. Right. Um, mum was going to take over and, and look after Norma. Good old mum, eh? Good old mum. Oh, good young mum, sorry. Yeah, I don't good, know. Young <laughs> <mom>. <laughs> good young mum. You did a lot of cycling this year as well. Yeah. Yeah, raising money for charity. Tell us about that. Yeah, so in the summer... Was it the summer? It might have been. I think it was sometime because we had obviously started working from home, gave me a bit more free time. So I was, I think... It, I did a full cycle for about, I think it was the whole of July. I can't remember exactly the month, but I did a yeah. full month where I didn't drive my car at all. I went to the horses, work, shops, boyfriends, like wherever. On well, my it wasn't bike. an electric bike, was it? No, it no. wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> um, and we did a, that was a an initiative with Lancashire Mind that we raised a little bit of money. It was around break, breaking boundaries. So you we, we had to walk the boundaries of, of Lancash, Lancashire or cycle or whatever. So that just yeah. motivated me to do 
to do that and I do enjoy cycling I just because I'm so busy I don't often get the time so I think when Covid came and there was lockdown it restricted a lot of other things which allowed me to focus more and and get out on my bike more yeah I, I like in your notes you say that you know you, you've got to make the most of this time you know if your movements are restricted and this kind of thing and you transform your garden and then you said yeah. and then Zen arrived now I straight away think of Zen Buddhism and a lot of Zen Buddhists do gardening, mm. you see, and okay. they move really slowly, they look like they're moving in slow motion and right. they go fully present by going into the realm of the five senses. Yeah. You didn't mean that, did you? No. <laughs> what did you mean? Yeah, so Zen is our new dog. Um, right. He arrived um, after shortly, I think it was after we transformed the, the garden. We put a big rain, well, we painted a big rainbow um, on the wall in the garden, which is, you've seen probably some of my photos. Um, and yeah, Zen arrived, so we decided to make the decision. The home felt a little bit empty yeah. um, without our dog Tyson, so... We, we decided to get another puppy. Well, it wasn't. It was my mum's decision. She just... Because I, I thought, I'll leave it to her. If she's going to get another dog, she'll get another dog. And one day, she just turned up with this dog in her arms, um, looking very pleased with herself. So, yeah. yeah. What was, breed is this dog? So, he's a cane Corsa Cross American Bulldog. He's not quite as big as Tyson. But he's not a rescue, this Zen, No, no, he he's no. puppy. Right, yeah. right, right. So we've had him from a puppy. He was a good puppy, and now he's turned into like the Naughty devil. adult. Yeah, very <laughs> naughty adult. Yeah. What are Gisborne Park parties? What are oh, they? Gisborne Park. So these were, um, so obviously all the clubs, like a lot of my my outlet in life is, is dancing, not anything professional, no, just no. freestyle. Just dancing. Just yeah, dancing. Just just, letting it all hang out. Yeah, yeah, I'm all over that. I, I love yeah. I love a good dance and going to the clubs and, you know, being with my friends, like I've got a lot of amazing friends and we, we do different things and dancing is one of my outlets and obviously I can dance in my room or I can dance not as, same, as I'm going though, about my day, which I do, but yeah. it isn't the same. And when this concept of Gisborne parties, because the clubs were closed, the yeah. events were closed down, which obviously that's... It's a massive thing where you could go and dance and express yourself. Yeah. The Gisborne Park came along. Um, what is it? Where is it? What is it? So it's in Gisborne, which is Clitheroe. Right, um, yeah. It was just a, a music venue where they put, uh, you know, like set out areas. Yeah. And you could go with, I don't know, I think it was a max group of six. Right. So I would, I'd go there with my friends, obviously following following the rules, yeah, following so the restrictions. Like a socially distanced rave kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Socially, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was quite... I quite like the concept because you had your own area. You weren't, you know, sometimes when I go to events because I'm quite expressive, you know, there's a lot of hair whipping backwards <laughs> and forwards. I've got a lot of limbs, they kind of go everywhere. So it was a bit more of a, had my own space. Um, and it I was imagine just, now, all this will end. You'll go to a nightclub, you'll go with the roll of duct tape. Mark, out your areas, everybody, out now. Oh, yeah, you know, no, <laughs> I, can't, I just can't wait for when the club's open and, you know, everyone go. Do you know, I talked to somebody about this yesterday. Lots of people are missing different things. Do you know what I'm missing? I'm I'm missing dancing. Mm. I've danced a bit, but I want to go to a club. And more than anything, I'm missing a festival. I, I'm telling you, when that opportunity comes, I am there. I know. My <sighs> festival. Oh, my yeah. friends, they keep saying, I don't think... All my, they're all a bit hesitant. I think some of my friends are like, we're going to go with Roxy because it's going to be so fun. But some of my other friends are like, if we go with Roxy, it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be going crazy. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to see you dance now. Oh, yeah. You Well, you'll see You'll see that, I'm sure, on some videos. That right. I, I love to source that. I love <laughs> dancing. I love it. 
You know, mm. I think there's no, especially, you can learn to dance and do, you know, you're trained in dance. And I, I did ballroom for a while and I've done other things, but I just like letting it all like just throwing some shapes, just, yeah. you know. I tried to get Marcus into ballroom, but he's not. No, it's no. good fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. You I know. know, I have to keep, you know, keep probing and say, yeah. oh, let's go on. Yeah. I, I, anything where you're using your body, it's expressive, it's, it's, it's healthy, isn't mm. it? You know, it's getting rid of tension. Swans, if they have a little bit of a fight, so they do this and they, they get rid of it. You know, they dance? shake it off. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's how I dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I always find that when I'm dancing, because my mind's very, very active and I'm always here, I'm always there doing this, doing that. When I'm dancing, my mind is quite clear of I'm just in the moment. I do like to live in the moment, but when I'm dancing, I'm in the moment. I'm just having a nice time. Mm. I'm usually surrounded by my friends. I'll often, I, there's been times where I've gone out and danced on my own. Not yeah, a problem with yeah. that either, but it is usually in an environment where my friends are there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It's, yeah, I think it's good for the soul. Yeah. yeah. Shake your booty. Roxy, you managed to do the three peaks this year. Yes. Yes, I've done the three peaks and... I might have done, you know, ultra marathons. I've run 100 miles and run 50 miles many times and done things like this. But that doesn't mean, don't underestimate, the three peaks is hard. Yeah, it's hard. I think I might have misled you slightly in that comment that oh. I put down. Oh. <laughs> because I've done the three peaks, but they weren't consecutive. Oh. <laughs> Still a massive achievement. You did the three peaks one at a time. Yeah, one ah. at a time. Coupled I, it with a camping adventure, obviously, because we were allowed yeah. to do camping with the restrictions, whatever. So yeah. that was our little holiday with a mountain. I got you. Had a few beers in between the mountains. It's still, what is, I mean, it's wonderful. I did them, you know, you do them all in 24 hours. Yeah, that, that was that was tough. Yeah, we do. We, we've said we want to do that. As a, so maybe that's our 2021 challenge that yeah. we do them. You need a driver and you'll set off probably at, you'll start at the top and go to Ben Nevis Hit Scarfold Park in the middle. You'll have to do that through the night. Yeah. And then Snowdonia, um, you know, as the sun's coming up, yeah. finishing. And, oh, but, yeah, pretty nice, though, mm, that. Yeah. It's beautiful. But I foolishly, when I did it, ran up and down Ben Nevis because I thought I was being cocky and showing off. And, of course, that was a bad idea. Yeah, it's a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, really bad idea. But there we go. Who was Joyce? So Joyce was Marcus's grandma. Right. So we, she's passed away. It would be October October, November, I can't think for, I think all the months just kind of mixed into one in 2020. But yeah, that was a, um, she'd been, that was a difficult situation. She'd been put into, she'd had a fall at home, um, Marcus's granddad. So she, Joyce was 92, Marcus's granddad is 93. Um, she'd been put into a home, uh, so we haven't been able to see her um before she passed away, um, yeah. so it was it was a difficult situation. And going through, you know, funeral arrangements and and having that situation on top of the virus, mm. obviously, it's never easy losing somebody. I was quite close to Marcus's grandparents as well because he's been in my life for such a long time. Yeah. Um, How so long yeah. Have you been with Marcus now? I don't even know. It's, it's Besides a bit, your little New Zealand break. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's a long time. It's you're going on, I'd say, maybe nine, eight, nine years. I think it's got to the point now where you, it's been that long that you don't yeah. even count anymore. You can't remember what was before. No, it's just like so, you've always been together. Yeah. yeah. I want to commend you on the fact that with mental health, the cycling you raised six, £700 pounds for charity, but with mental health, you raised 
about £2,000 for charity, is that right? Yeah. Is this so for, for which charity again? Lancashire Mind. Lancashire Mind. So it was collective as a business. I think I said at the, the beginning, it goes through, we got the idea from Lancashire Mind, we took it into the charity committee, um, and then we did a lot of things in the business. So we had some like wellbeing forums. We did it as like a mental health campaign. So we had forums, yeah. um, we had the, you know, dressing up as an elf, we tried to create like a bit of a an infectious elf community we got people taking you know setting the display picture with their elf hat on we sold some elf hats um in the business just so everybody could feel involved and i think it was good because it created conversations you know if you're wearing an elf hat it, it, you you're almost you start that conversation of you know why are you wearing it on wearing it for mental health and everybody I'm a bit mental. yeah I just, start, I just want to look like this but I think it just it helped those conversations start and everybody has their own different story and yeah. the amount of people that I think that have reached out to me during it or you know I've started conversations at work and someone said oh I've this huge life event happened or my son's had cancer and I've had mental health problems and so has my son yeah. and like the, the elf hat started the conversations like yeah. that I think I say that we can't learn anything if we don't talk about everything until mm -hmm. you have all the facts you can't make informed decisions somebody's always got to go first you've got to say I'm not coping very well yeah but I did this and I'm, I'm doing okay now or whatever we've got to talk about it mm. you know not talking about problems isn't going to fix them talking about them might yeah you know so we need to do that yeah and i think that for me that was because i'm quite a positive person and i always put myself out there i think if the fact that i'm talking about i've struggled throughout my life and might have struggled bits in 2020 putting myself out there and saying I struggled as well. Yeah. Uh, people have sent me messages and say, wow, it's it's nice to see someone so confident and, you know, vibrant and, and positive actually saying that, that we're, all, we're all the same, yeah. we go through the same things. Exactly. When somebody goes first, so I always say somebody's got to be the pioneer. When you go first and somebody else thinks, oh, I'm not the only one actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, I suffered too. And then there's this snowball effect and everybody starts to talk, but somebody's yeah. got to go first. It's actually more profound and poignant when somebody says it who's doing very well now mm -hmm. because they can say, actually, I was really struggling, yeah. you know, and somebody says, oh, well, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you inspire people and that's that's what you're doing. Yeah. At the end of your notes, Roxanne, I'm just going to say there's something right at the end and I love it. You then make a list of all the things you're grateful for, all the people you love and all the things that are in your life at the minute that you don't take for granted and you say that there's certain things that I'm grateful for. The last couple of words in that sentence, grateful for. Mm -hmm. You look around and see the magic and see all the things that are amazing in your life and, and that's a healthy attitude. That's what we all need to do. So if somebody wants to find you on social media and follow you, Roxanne, where do they go? So they can find me on LinkedIn where you found me yep. or on Instagram at Roaming Rainbow Roxy. Um, and that's probably the best platforms to get me on. Yeah. I, am, I, well, I have started TikTok, but... Oh, um, I don't do TikTok. You should do. No. I think you couldn't write it. I'm just in my mind. I quite often laugh. I just start laughing and people don't know why because I make jokes, but I don't say them out loud because sometimes not everybody sees the funny side and things, but I can see it. Midnight McBride and his mental health and this kind of all. Midnight, the Midnight McBride and mental health show. And I just think, I think it's very funny. I thought you were going to ask me to do a joke then. No, what well, do you I know? I mean, one? I could do, do a joke. Go yeah. for it. So, why did the elf push her bed into the fire? I do not know. 
So she could sleep like a log. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Noel, cut that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just eating. Roxanne, I'm delighted you came on the show. Thank you very much. I think you're a very special lady. I think you're a beautiful person. And I think what you're doing is wonderful. Bringing sunshine and rainbows into people's lives. Keep doing it. Keep singing your song. Yeah. Will do. Wonderful. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave you with a quote from my book, From Pills to Peace, by me, Midnight McBride, as usual. And I'm bringing in the big guns this week, and I'm going to leave you with the quote off the back of the book. And it's one of my favourite quotes, and it's simply this. When you think from a beautiful garden, you will see flowers everywhere. When you get this right, when you start to have correct thought, when you start to experience inner peace and bliss, when you're feeling positive, when you experience joy, you will start to see the beauty in all things. Focus and get this right. Learn to meditate. Surround yourself with people that love you. Do things that bring you joy and bliss. Try your best to experience happiness every single day. It is your duty while you're here on this planet in this spacesuit for this brief period where you're a spiritual being having a human experience to try and experience joy and bliss because when you feel good inside, that is what you're going to give to everybody you meet. This has been Midnight McBride. You can catch me on the radio every Monday night on Salford City Radio 94.4 FM with the Mind, Body and Spirit show from 11pm till midnight or midnight till midnight. You can catch this show twice a week on YouTube on Mondays and Thursdays. Subscribe and you'll get updates and every show as it goes live. Three days later, this show then goes live as an audio podcast on, I think, 14 platforms now, which includes Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google, Pandora, etc. You can buy the book on Amazon in paperback and in Kindle format and loads of other places. You can also get the audiobook on Amazon, iTunes, ACX and Audible, to name but a few. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook. And you can go to the website midnightmcbride.com. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'll see you next time. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Roxanne, for coming on the show. Shalom. Thank you.